0: You are now listening to Theology Applied, a podcast of Eternal City Church, where theology walks the pavement. Welcome to another episode of Theology Applied, and today we will talk about regeneration as we progress through the Ordo Salutis, or order of salvation. Jesus said in John 3.3, you must be born again to see the kingdom of God. What does that mean to be born again, and what flows from the new birth? This and more in this episode of Theology Applied. Welcome friends to another episode of Theology Applied. Continuing in our soteriology series, uh, to remind you, soteriology is just the study of salvation from the Greek word soterios. Logi meaning science or bodies of knowledge or the study of. So soterios and logi, soteriology. Uh, We are traveling through the Ordo Salutis, Latin for the order of salvation. I'll remind you once again, that order is predestination, election, calling, regeneration, faith, repentance, justification, adoption, sanctification, perseverance, and glorification. Today, we find ourselves in the regeneration section of the Ordo Salutis. So we're going to talk about what does it mean to be regenerate or born again. Regeneration, a dictionary definition, is the transformation of a person's spiritual condition from death to life through the work of the Holy Spirit. It's really important. The Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. He is the one who is the active agent causing regeneration. So regeneration is the work of God alone. This is not something that human beings have anything to do with. It happens to us. R.C. Sproul, theologian, author, one of my favorites. He writes on this process of God alone being the agent of regeneration. He writes on monergism and synergism. He writes, the prefix mon or one, something that is single, an erg, E-R-G, is a unit of labor or of work. We get the word energy from this root. So if we put it all together, Monergism means literally one working. A monergistic work is one in which one party performs the task. The prefix syn, S-Y-N, with or together with. So a synergistic work is one in which two or more people work together to bring a task to completion. A synergistic work is a cooperative work. So we're talking about a monergistic work. God alone, the person of the Holy Spirit, doing the work of regeneration, taking spiritual death and causing spiritual life to come from what is dead. Now, Wayne Grudem, another helpful theologian, writes this on the effectual call, which we did our last podcast on, in the connection with regeneration. He writes, Scripture indicates that regeneration must come before we can respond to effective calling with saving faith. And you read that again. Listen close. Scripture indicates that regeneration must come before we can respond. So we're talking about response here. Respond to effective calling with saving faith. So the call goes out. Generally, the gospel, repent, believe the gospel, uh, believe in Jesus, and you will be saved. But regeneration must come, and it's a result of the effective call um, that causes faith, which is our next in the Ordo Salutis. So we'll pause on faith, but let me continue with Grudem here. Therefore, we can say that regeneration comes before the result of effectual calling. That result is faith. As the gospel comes to us through an external calling, God speaks through it to summon us to himself, which is effectual calling, and to give us new spiritual life or regeneration so that we are enabled to respond in faith. Effective calling is thus God the Father speaking powerfully to us and regeneration is God the Father and God the Holy Spirit working powerfully in us to make us alive. So it's the work of the Holy Spirit making us alive after we have heard the call of God through the gospel. Regeneration is that next spiritual event that occurs, which then causes faith, which is next podcast. All right, let's look at this in the scripture. The scripture is abundant in references to regeneration. So we're not, we're not going to take every one. It would take hours, but we'll take a lot. Let me remind you that the Ordo Salutis is often finding its grounding in scriptures in Romans 8, 29 to 30, which reads, for those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. Here's the order. And those whom he predestined, he also called. Those whom he called, he also justified. So in between calling and justification, we have this event of regeneration, which causes faith. And then the result of faith is justification. So we'll get to faith and justification. But scripture here in Romans 8.30 leaves out regeneration and it leaves out faith and jumps right from calling to justification. Again, I'll read it. And those whom he predestined, he called. And those whom he called, regeneration, faith, he justified. there's where it fits in to Romans 8.30. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. Now, we see this, I think, in narrative form in a familiar passage in John chapter 3. Most of you who are familiar with scripture, you know this story, but maybe you've not thought about it in regeneration terms. John 3 is Nicodemus, the teacher of Israel, one of the top-notch Pharisees, very influential man in Israel at the time of Jesus. And he comes to Jesus by night and he has questions for him. And and he says, we know you're a teacher come from God because no one can do the things you're doing unless God were with him. And so Jesus, instead of engaging him on that level, just goes right to the heart of the issues. And he says, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, could also translate that born from above he, he cannot see the kingdom of God, okay? So Jesus says to Nicodemus, Nicodemus, unless you are regenerate or born again, it's the same thing, unless you're born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. Now, Nicodemus has some more dialogue. Jesus answers him in John 3, 5. Jesus answered, unless one is born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. So, Nicodemus here would be familiar with the Old Testament, because remember there is no New Testament at the time of this conversation, and one of the most profound prophetic pieces of the Old Testament is Ezekiel 36, which prophesies this new covenant, this new era in which God will do this new work. Nicodemus being the teacher of Israel should know Ezekiel 36. And I'm sure that he does. And Jesus in one sense is humbling him because in his mind, he's the teacher. He gets all the praise. He gets all the accolades. He gets all the speaking events. And so Jesus basically challenges him on, look, you got to be born again. And you, you have to be born of the water and spirit. And so he's referring water and spirit, not to baptism, but rather to Ezekiel 36. I'm going to read that for you. It's Ezekiel 36, 25 to 27. Ezekiel prophesying this regeneration work or this being born again that Jesus is having a conversation with Nicodemus about. He writes this, I will sprinkle clean water on you. There's the water. And you shall be clean From all your uncleanness and from all your idols, I will cleanse you. Okay, so Ezekiel 36, 25 is the reference to being born of the water. You need to be cleansed. You need to be washed. You need to be forgiven. This is in one sense what what John is saying in 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us, wash us with water so that we might be clean. And so Ezekiel 36, 25 says, this sprinkling of clean water will clean you from all your uncleanness and from all your idols or false worship, and you will be clean. And then 26, and I will give you a new heart. All right. The giving of the new heart is synonymous with regeneration and being born again. So now we have three phrases that mean the same thing. Regeneration, one word, born again, meaning regeneration and new heart, meaning born again, regeneration, same thing. And he says, a new spirit I will put within you. Now, this isn't the Holy Spirit. This is new spiritual life that arises within you out of spiritual death. This is what he's referring to. And then he says, I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I'll give you a soft heart towards me. No longer like a stone, no longer, you know, impenetrable, but rather soft, able to receive instruction, willing to bend to my will. And then in 27, he says, and I will put my spirit within you. Okay, this is capital S. This is the Holy Spirit. And so we can see this is the work of the Holy Spirit, new heart, new spirit, small s, and my spirit, capital S, is going to come in you. And what will be the result? and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to keep all my rules or obey all my rules. So the result of regeneration is that you have a new spirit within you. We'll get to that in a moment. And you have the Holy Spirit living within you. And this results in a changed life. Notice, and cause you, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna cause this to happen, God. Cause you to walk in my statutes. In other words, obey my will. And be careful to obey all my rules. So the soft heart, the new heart, the the new spirit, and the Holy Spirit will cause a changed life, a wanting to obey the will of God. Now, moving back to that conversation with Jesus and Nicodemus, we pick up in verse 7 of John 3. Nicodemus is blown away by this. How can this be? Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. Now, the idea here is Jesus is conveying this monergistic work that born again is. The Holy Spirit is the one who must perform this work, and it's mysterious. Notice, he says, The wind blows where it wishes, The word wind is the same word for spirit. It's pneuma in the Greek. And so the wind is blowing. You don't see it. He says you hear its sound, but you don't know where it comes from or where it goes. The wind has a will of its own. It blows and you don't see it, but you see the results of it blowing leaves around and kicking up dust. You see the trees swaying back and forth, but you don't see the wind. In the same way, he's saying this is what it is when the Holy Spirit moves on you to make you born again. You don't see it happening, but you see the results of it happening. And he likens this wind blowing to the born again process and the Holy Spirit. He says, so it is with everyone born of the Spirit. So we can see this is a monergistic work of God, the Holy Spirit. It's invisible and it comes upon you when the Spirit wills, not when you will. Okay, now Titus 3, 3 through 5 is one of the only two places in the New Testament where the word regeneration actually exists. I'm going to read it. For we ourselves, Paul writing to Titus, Titus was the pastor uh, uh, of the island of Crete. And Paul leaves him on Crete to establish the church by raising up elders, putting deacons in place, creating church membership, creating healthy church dynamics. And he says, Paul says to Titus, we ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, led astray, slaves to various passions and pleasures, passing our days in malice and envy, hated by others and hating one another. That's a pretty bad description of non-regenerate people, but true, disobedient, foolish, led astray, slaves to passions and pleasures, passing our days in malice and envy, hating others and being hated by others. That sums it up. But, verse 4, but when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, he saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit. So we can see here that it's the goodness and loving kindness and mercy of God that does this, that saves us. It's not by works, but it's his mercy and how? By the washing of regeneration. Remember, born of the water and spirit, washed of your iniquities, washed of your idolatry. So the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, again, is the one who accomplishes this work. Now, if we move to Ephesians 2, Paul writing to the church at Ephesus, we see the same thing. You were dead in your trespasses and sins, spiritually dead, physically alive, in some instances, very alive, very energetic, able to use your intellect, emotions, and will, and sometimes very brilliant, but spiritually dead to God, not interested in him, not willing to bend your will to him, dead to him, spiritually dead. You were dead in your trespasses and sins, in which you once walked, following the prince. Of the power of the air. Okay? Before that, though, he says, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. So we're following the course of the world, meaning the way the world goes, we go with it. It's like a stream and it just takes us in the current. We're swept up in it. We're not fighting the current and going the other way. And by not fighting the current and just being floated along, we are, maybe unintentionally, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. This is Satan himself. So we're following Satan, but we wouldn't maybe plant the flag of Satanist. We wouldn't wear the t-shirt that says, I'm on Satan's team. But the Bible would say, no, you're actually in Satan's camp if you're just following the course of the world. You are following the prince of the power of the air. And he says that he's at work in every unregenerate person. Notice that. He says, now at work in the sons of disobedience. And then verse three, uh, among whom we all lived. We all once lived this way. We were all on Satan's team at one time. It uh, lived and we lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body or the flesh and the mind. And were by nature, children of wrath like the rest of mankind. But verse four, but God, being rich in mercy, notice the mercy again, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive, regeneration, together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. So we see here, there's a a spiritual deadness that is our former existence. And the spiritual deadness simply looks like following your own bodily passions and desires, following what the world values walking right in step with everybody else but by doing that you are actually following satan who is the prince of the power of the air who is the god of this age and you have him at work in you that's what the bible says in fact he says we all lived among them at one time those who were under the power of the flesh and under the power of satan but god sets some apart through the gospel call, through the effectual call, through regeneration. And it says here, we were made alive. So born again, regeneration, new heart, made alive, all means the same thing. It means you're moving from spiritual death to spiritual life. And it's all by mercy and grace, by grace, you have been saved. This, Becoming spiritually alive, again, is a monergistic work. It's God working, it's grace, it's mercy, and it saves you. By grace, you've been saved. Now, last verse, 2 Corinthians 5, 17 to 19. Uh, This, frankly, still is one of my favorite verses in the Bible. It says, therefore, if anyone's in Christ, he is a new creation or creature. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Okay, the, the idea there is you are a different person when regeneration happens to you. You are born again. You're new. You're not the same person you were before regeneration occurred. If anyone's in Christ, united to Jesus, he, she is a new creature, a new creation. And I love this. The old has passed away. And praise God, if you lived a foul life like I did in the past, that that old person And his works are passed away. Behold, the new has come. This is new. This is fresh. This is new life, new growth, if you will. All this, verse 18, is from God. There it is again, monergistic. It's all about God, it's all God working. Who, through Christ, reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation? Jesus brought us to God. The the Holy Spirit moves us through the work of Christ to right relationship with God. And then that is Christ in Christ. God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. The, The message of reconciliation is the gospel. You can be born again. You can be regenerate. You can be made right with God, the father through the work of Jesus by the power of the Holy spirit. So You see, the whole Trinity is involved here. The message of reconciliation is the gospel that you need to turn from your sin and trust in what Christ accomplished for you, living perfectly according to God's standard, dying on the cross a substitutionary death, for the sins of all those who would ever believe. Being really buried, really rising from the dead, showing himself to more than 500 witnesses at one time, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15. And then after 40 days of showing himself and appearing and teaching during those 40 days, he ascends into heaven. And then on day 50 after the resurrection, Pentecost, he sends the Holy Spirit like he promised. And the Holy Spirit is the one who affects the gospel call, effectual calling. Then the Holy Spirit makes spiritual life happen inside of the believer. All right, a couple books you could reference. These are very accessible books. Uh, R.C. Sproul's little book, What Does It Mean to Be Born Again? Number two, John Piper's Finally Alive. That's one of John Piper's, I think, less famous books, but it's very good. It, it, It fleshes out being born again or being regenerate very, very thoroughly and biblically. John Piper's finally alive. All right, application. God will cause this new spiritual life to occur in those whom we proclaim the gospel to. We can be assured that, remember the the beginning of the order, predestination and election, calling, and now regeneration. God, through us, through our sharing the good news of Jesus, Any way that we can and any way that we do will use our efforts, our energies to bear this spiritual life creating fruit. He will take those whom he has predestined. He will use our call and he will effectually call through our call and he will cause spiritual life to occur. That means number two, well, finishing number one, we should proclaim the gospel expecting that God will do his work as we do ours. Okay. our job is to share the gospel period we cannot do the work of regeneration we cannot save people and praise God the Bible doesn't expect us to save people you know maybe you've heard people tell their testimony and they're like yes yeah, so-and-so saved me and so-and-so saved them and there's this chain of salvation really God saves us it's just simply that God uses us as an instrument through which the gospel comes and then through that gospel call, he is the power that makes that effective. So we should share the gospel and believe that God will do the work to save, not us. He will do the regenerating work. Number two, we can rest and relax in that the spirit will use us. He is using us. We are the means of God to save people. Our work doesn't save them, but our proclaiming the gospel, the saving work of Jesus, God uses our efforts to, To save. And so we can rest and relax in that when we get on mission with God, He will use our efforts and then we can relax and let God do His part, but we do have to do our part. So the application is don't live a secret Christian life and hide as if you're one of them, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who is now at work in the sons of disobedience. If you're not that anymore, why are you claiming that identity or hiding your true identity as a regenerate, born-again Christian? Why are you hiding? Okay, you don't have to be a jerk and be overly bold and kind of, you know, turd-like. <laughs> I love that word. You, you don't have to be a jerk, Christian. You could be gracious. You could be humble. You could be respectful. In fact, Peter says in 1 Peter 3:15. You do have to give a defense for the hope that lies within you, but you have to do this with gentleness and respect. And so we should not hide, but we should also not be so bold as to not be gentle and not be respectful. We don't steamroll people. We don't pull power plays on them. We are gentle. We are respectful when we share the gospel. But at the same time, we can relax that the Holy Spirit will do his work through us to call the elect and make them alive. All right. Number three, we should be amazed that God, does miraculous work on people. If there is this regenerating work inside of somebody, it's a miracle of God. It is the God, the creator of the universe, moving in on someone's dead spiritual state and causing new life to come about. It is miraculous. And we should be amazed by that and celebrate that and not downplay it as if it's normal. It's not like going and getting a grande at Starbucks. It's not normal. It is miraculous. It is amazing. And we should be amazed. We should be blown away that God does this. He did it to us, if you're a Christian. And he will do it to others through our efforts of sharing the gospel. God is the one directly moving on individuals as he directly moved on us. And then number four, we should long to see people come to spiritual life. To, to see their eyes open, to hear uh, once, Jesus would, would say often, uh, those who have ears to hear. Okay? We, their ears are open. They're, they're deaf and they can hear. They're blind and they can see. John 9, 25, once I was blind, but now I can see. All right. So let's not be afraid to share the gospel because God will call through our calling people to believe And how that will work internally is he will regenerate them. He will cause new birth. He will give them a new heart. He will cause them to be born again. All right, this is the end of our podcast on regeneration. We'll see you next week with faith. (laughs)